0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of the iFreak Show. This week on our panel, we have Sujin Rowe. Hi, everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, Steve Young. What's up, Charles? What's going on, my man? I thought we would talk again about promoting your app. With HeadSpin, optimize your mobile user experiences 24-7 for any application running on any device and any network anywhere in the world. Their AI-powered analyses track user experience metrics and KPIs over time, from cold and warm starts to errors, crashes, and response times, and audio and video quality to biometric responsiveness. Headspin will automatically surface issues and the root cause information you need to optimize user experience for your product or service providing actionable insights end-to-end across applications, devices, and networks. With the world's first global device cloud that uses thousands of real SIM-enabled devices on actual carrier and Wi-Fi networks in hundreds of locations around the globe with 100% uptime, keep your mobile user experiences ahead of the pack and achieve mobile success with a unified, proactive approach to testing, performance monitoring, and user experience analytics only with Headspin. Learn more at headspin.io. Now, Sujin, you've written some uh, apps as well and then, you know, looking to get those. Are they in the app store, your apps? Yeah, Bill, I, app? have, I have two. Good deal. All right, Steve, how do we make Sujin famous in the app store? <laughs> <laughs> Sujin, what's your apps?
1: Um, so actually the first one, um, the, the recent one is like an AR app, but I yeah. haven't gotten much um, downloads because it was, it was something like exper- it's really um, experimental. So I mm-hmm. wanted to learn like a year, but for the first time, I actually made some, uh, I was able to make some money. Nice. Uh, it, it was a paid app in Korea.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. So are most of your apps paid? No, just one. Okay. How do I yeah. find your apps? And I, then we can get into some of the, the little details about promoting it as well.
1: Oh, oh, sure. Um, it's, it's called a security card widget.
2: And what's your developer name? Is this just your name?
1: Yeah, it's Sujin Ro.
2: Okay, cool. You want me to look at that one? So it's 99 cents. Looks like it's 99 cents. And I'm assuming you made this for the Korean market because all your screenshots are in Korean. Yeah. Okay. So one thing to look at is price-wise, one ninety Charles, I'm gonna just take the lead. So you, you tell just me. Do it, do it. Pull back. All right, all right, brother. So one thing to know is 199. There's not a huge from a revenue perspective. there's not a huge difference between 199 and zero, like one dollar, two dollars, and one dollar. Okay, what we found, and this obviously was a, a couple of years back, but the although the revenues went, although the conversions went down a bit, revenues actually increased by making a 199 product. So I would play around with that pricing because the higher the price point the more flexibility you have to run paid ads. From an ASO perspective, paid, paid apps are very difficult because you, part of the algorithm is download velocity and you are not gonna have as much download velocity as a free app. So one thing that I've been actually very fascinated with is looking at Apple search ads. And I have a friend who does really well with Apple search ads for paid apps because he knows how much he can pay, what his conversion rate is gonna look like, and then eventually what, you know, essentially printing money because he's like, but he has a $12 app. Sujin. So that's why I want you to increase the price point because it's going to give you a little bit of flexibility. Now, one thing that you might want to look into is Apple search ads, the basic portion. This is where Apple runs everything for you. And all you have to say is, Hey Apple, I don't want to go higher than this cost per install. Now, because you're a dollar, you are probably getting 70 cents after Apple's take. So you can then tell Apple, Hey, can you find me downloads for 50 cents? Now you're starting to make money. Now that you, now you can see like by going a little bit higher in price point, you have a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more wiggle room. And I don't think you'll suffer in terms of conversions as much. And I do think that you'll end up making more money.
0: Cool. Wow. You just went right to it, Steve.
2: Well, that's all I do. <laughs> I know. There's no foreplay here. We just go straight into it. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about too or?
0: Well, I'm I'm just kind of curious. We talked quite a bit about sort of uh, making your apps show up and you know getting getting some more ASO in the App Store. Um, I'm I'm kind of wondering a little bit because I've started building apps myself and looking at putting those into the App Store. I haven't gotten any in there yet. Um, are there things that I should be doing, as sort of like a launch sequence or something, yeah. before I get my apps in the App Store? I think the
2: perfect launch sequence, Charles, is to study the market. Like, I think too many times we think about an app idea. And we're like, this is so cool. Oh my God. And you know, there's been so many times because of the platform that I built through the podcast and through the YouTube channel, I've get to talk to so many great app entrepreneurs. And so many times I say, Steve, I've got a great idea. You probably never heard of it. And I'll tell you, Charles, I've heard of it before, right? Like I've heard of <laughs> all of it's very rarely... Does somebody come up with an idea that I haven't heard about? So really, if you really want to make an, if you're making apps for a passion project, because you want to see it in the world, by all means, do it right. Build it. Yep. The, the pre-launch sequence, I'll get into that in a little bit. But if you are making to make a living off of apps, do the market research, go into app Annie, figure out what types of apps are top grossing. You can go to sensor tower and then kind of, if you found an app, you can go into sensor tower and then put in that app and this is all free plans, right? And you can see the estimated revenues now sensor tower, although not like hundred percent accurate, really accurate. So you get a general sense of how much an app does. So you probably want to, if you find apps that are making hundred thousand plus, well, just imagine that if you take a sliver of that, you can really make a good living off of it. And this is the model that a lot of my clients have pursued. One of my other friends have pursued as well. Just really figuring out what works, what's top grossing, and how can I make a very similar app? And obviously the keyword stuff, the ASO stuff is all important, but that's how you really, if you're trying to make money off of apps, that's how you really have to do it. Oh, interesting.
0: So what if I've already written an app? Let's say I've written an app for like, so my wife and I play this board game. It's called legendary. And anyway, um, setup is kind of a pain. And so it, you push the button and it tells you how to set it up. That's right, awesome. and so it shortcuts that whole process. So I'm thinking I'll throw it in the app store. You know, maybe a buck a pop. You, of course, now that you uh, told Sujin to go two bucks a pop, I'll go two bucks a pop. Um, but yeah, it's all, you know only a handful of people are really even going to use it. So is it um, called Legendary something else? Is it a legendary?
2: What's the legendary board game called? Just Legendary it's board just game. Just
0: Legendary. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you can find it you know, on Amazon. What I would do is just, yeah, you can charge $199. Look at the different boards out there, Charles, whether it's mm-hmm. Reddit, where are, where are your people? And then find them on there and be like, hey guys, you know, got this app coming out. We'd love for you to check it out. Maybe you do a price drop. Maybe it's $4.99 originally. And you're like, hey guys, we're going to do it at $199, right? One of, Ooh, that's yeah. one of my favorite ways of doing it that way. That's why I like the flexibility. One hack, Charles, as I'm on this topic, one of my past podcast guests, he would literally like dro- increase the price and drop the price every week. And what that does is, you know, there's these websites with that cover price drop campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. It tells these bots, these crawlers that, Hey, this app has a price drop. And so he would make more money just doing that because he would get coverage on these websites just because their site, you know, the, they're crawling the app stores looking for app price stops. So, that's one thing to consider, but find that community. Also look at, there's a Reddit community called App Hookup where you can run these price drop campaigns. Now, I've never done it. I've only done it to free, from like paid to all the way mm-hmm. free. But I have, I'm curious to see if you do like a 4.99 dollars to $1.99 price drop, what that would do. The, with these type of games, I actually bought a Phase 10 scorekeeper because my family and I, during this quarantine, we play a oh, lot of Phase go. 10. Yeah. So I think... The paid model works for something like this, where it's like, you're going to save me a ton of time. You're going to, this sets up the game a lot. We paid for it. The app that I paid for, the scorekeeper, was a 199 app. We ended up paying for it. And so I do think that the paid model works. So find that community where this community, find the community that this, the, your target audience lives in.
0: Yeah, boardgamegeek.com is going to get tired of me. That's all I <laughs> There's probably some Reddit communities too, some Reddit. Probably, so. that wouldn't shock me. Yeah, Um, but back back to your other idea. I mean, just thinking about this. So um, I go into App Annie. um, I look and see, you know, what apps are. You know, I I can't remember which one was uh, most grossing and the other one was top something or other. But uh, anyway, so I figure top grossing. Right. So I find the top grossing um, app type, and I'm like, you know what? I can build one of those, right? Yeah. And and I can I can pull in a few thousand dollars out of that every month, right? so then what right do i start building the app or yeah let's turn this around let's instead of its aso it's how to get rich on the app store so so if i'm going to build this app what do i do right well what's the next step do i build it do i what other market research do i need to do how do i make this work well definitely download the app right
2: figure out what how it works and everything else what is their monetization they're probably going to be top grossing probably subscription so figure out that what i was a subscription model yeah behind it and then look at the onboarding process and what you'll find is most subscription-based apps that are highly converting they're going to have the pricing page during the onboarding process so it's a really good tip really easy way yes it's like right in your face and people are afraid of it but what we've seen is you know you get almost double the revenues by putting that pricing page during the onboarding process and then what I would do, Charles, is look at the one- to two-star reviews within App Annie. Right? You can do this pretty easily. Find the app, click on the app, then look at the one- to two-star reviews, look at the favorable four- to five-star reviews, kind of get, just get a sense of what people really like about the app and what people don't like about the app. And then approve, improve upon the app. And then from an ASO perspective, we can get into this whole little thing about it, but that's the basis. Then you build the app, you start having the little – features. One of the top features, because you guys are both coders that I always recommend is having that iOS prompt, some review prompt. So on Google play, there's no like native prompt, I don't believe. So correct me if I'm wrong, but on iOS, there is a native iOS prompt that you can put in there where I can review the app without leaving the app store. So you want to be pretty aggressive with that. I had it on one of my apps on the first open. Don't do that because that was bad. I got a lot of one-star reviews that said, I can't use the app without leaving a review, but you definitely want to put it on the second or third time. Because those ratings that the more you accumulate, the more that's going to help you with some of the keyword rankings that you're going to try to go for, so that you don't always have to rely on paid avenues. You can get more free organic growth because part of the algorithm is the number of ratings that you have.
1: Yeah, actually, my first app actually grew only with from the ratings because ratings and the rankings. Because I I didn't try any like really meaningful paid uh like search I uh, paid um ads because my app is only one dollar so actually my uh app got like initial uh traffic so it got into the ranking right so yep. like old old app store app had the ranking on like the first step first uh yes. depth. so my app was within like the top 10 so it was always exposed i so i got i, I got really amazing traffic just by staying in the ranks and uh having good ratings so i think that's the like the number one thing back then but i'm not sure uh, like what's what's going on these days but still if if steve says uh if if steve says so yeah i think the ratings are still important
0: now one other thing that i'm wondering about is do i start building this app or do i do what you mentioned in the legendary app where i go find the reddits and the the, you know, whatever other websites where they're discussing this kind of stuff and start talking to them about the app.
2: You can, you can do both. Right. But I think if by doing the market research, if there's already a market for this, if apps are already generating money, real legitimate money, like six figures a month from this, then you have enough data. It's validated. It's validated. Now I know people are paying for this app. I can clone something very similar and, you know, just take a set of the pie whether now like you know once you figure out the conversion piece now you can figure out the growth piece how you're going to get organic downloads so you don't necessarily need to go to that community i just say you know part of the whole like marketing simple right like who will you get to say easily yes to who can i get talk to that will easily say yes to the thing that i'm selling and then where are they let's go find them and that's why for the legendary example i was like you know go find the communities that people are talking about this board game on
0: yeah that makes sense so if it was some other topic let's say gardening or something. Right. Yeah. And so I have the gardening app. Right. And so I go see that there's, you know, it's a top grossing app and, you know, so, yeah, so I go out and I build it. I make sure I don't have the problems that they outline in the one-star reviews and the things that they rave about in the five-star reviews. I make sure I have those. Um, and then I get it in there. Then what do I just start looking at what, I mean, do I copy what they're doing and kind of go after the same keywords they are? Or do I try and fill in some of the gaps to get some, I'm I'm trying to figure out what we do at that point.
2: So that point, then you, you want to do mostly the same keywords. So if it's a gardening app, for example, it is going to be gardening, right? Like there's not that many keywords around that. What I would try to also do is there's a, one of the ASO tricks out there. This only works on the iOS side, not Google play, but on iOS there's a Spanish-Mexico localization. So generally, for people in Mexico, so you put it in Spanish, right? But what we found is if you put U.S. keywords, English keywords in there, it helps a U.S. app store. So you can literally double the amount of keywords you're targeting. So I would have a whole entirely different app title, a whole entirely different subtitle, whole different, entirely different set of keywords in that Spanish-Mexico localization because that's going to help my U.S. ranking. So that's what you want to do. The way to think about also is besides the the obvious gardening, you know, home gardening, I don't know, other keywords, think about magazines. Think about what your core demographic is gonna be searching for. And then try to see, do research on this. So you can use App Radar, is a ASO tool out there, Mobile Action, Sensor Tower. All these tools are out there. I like App Radar because I found it's really related or really accurate data and low price because they're a lot more affordable than the other tools. But what you want to do is pull a list of keywords, put them into these tools and get the data. So you want to find keywords that have decent traffic. So anywhere from, I would say 30 and above and low difficulty. So that's on app radar. It's going to be 30 and below. That way, you know that without spending any money on marketing, I can then rank for these particular keywords and they're actually going to drive downloads because they have enough traffic volume. Too many times what I've seen app developers do is go on two ends. The one end is I go after a really competitive keyword like Tinder or gardening, right? It might be super competitive or they put in keywords that nobody searches for and they have a search traffic of five. So you want to find a happy medium of around 30 to 50, maybe as high as you can possibly get it. And something that has low difficulty and then put them in the right spots. The app title is going to have the most weight. So you want your most important keywords in the title. The subtitle has second most weight. And then the lastly, the keywords have the least weight. And on Google play, it's going to be title, short description and long description in order of weight.
0: That makes sense. I just uh, signed up for a free account on app Annie just to see what it would give me. And it It's not actually showing me any of the revenue numbers on any of these. And a lot of the top. You got to go to sensor tower. Oh, sensor tower. Sensor tower will give you that. Yeah. So I can,
2: I can show you what that looks like too, through my screen share. But essentially what you try to do on app Annie is look at this top grossing charts, right? Right here. And then you can filter. What I would do is go into different categories. So let's just pick entertainment, for example. Well, that might get all the Netflix stuff, but I'll try to find one that, I've used an example in the past, but essentially you can do health and fitness. I try to pick a category. I don't want top overall because
0: it's going to be the basic apps that you see right. all the time. I so was going to ask about that in a minute. I was like, I know all these brands. right? right. <laughs> I don't know if I compete with them off the bat. So
2: like here, this celebrity voice changer, you know, it's making like 200 grand. That's one. But here's this, I don't know, this piccolo drinking game. No idea what this app is, right? But it's uh-huh. number 16 in top grossing under entertainment. Right? So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's different from all the ones i know of. So I can bookmark that. And then I can go in the sensor tower real quick. And what I'm going to do is go under, this is all, this, I don't even pay for this. So you guys are seeing just all the free plans that you guys can sign up for as well. But then I'll search for this. <laughs> I used to pay for it. How about that? I just moved over to App Radar, but I'll post no, this in there, right? This is iOS, Piccolo Tricky Game, Piccolo Tricky Game. So it's making $700,000 a month according to sensor wow. tower and 200,000 downloads. And then you can just think about what this is. I have no idea what this game is all about, but a lot of these apps too, Charles, they have, they have their most popular subscriptions, a weekly plan. So if people think like, I can't charge weekly, here he is. Su- Sujin doesn't want to charge $1 for his app, but these guys are charging what? Like $5 a week to play this app. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like this is, this is a game that you're like, what is this app? If you download it, you'll start noticing <laughs> probably super simple to build and you know, they're making tons of money. So this is the type of app that you're like, wow, I can't believe they're making that much money. Granted, they're probably spending a lot on advertising as you can see here on Sensor Tower. Uh-huh. You can Tower gives you some visibility on the type of ads. <laughs> it's not right. really safe for work, but type of ads they're running on the platform and Facebook. So if you see Facebook, you can go to the Facebook ads library and look them up there and see the type of ads they're running. Oh, wow. I had one friend, Charles, think about this. He went into this. So he did the same process. He saw this, right? He saw the ads they were running, which is, this is just a banner ad. Guess what he did? It was a video ad back then. He downloaded it through sensor, through sensor tower like this, and then just Uh ran it has for his app he started making money that way for just for a paid game for a paid app. That was more of like an entertainment fun app, but essentially downloaded the other, the competitors video assets or ad assets and ran it under his own account and started making money that
0: way. I don't think that's legal, but (laughs) it's interesting. It's, but the other thing is, is that I've been going through uh, different things around marketing and stuff like that, where, um, so I've been doing Russell Brunson's, uh, one funnel away. Yeah. Uh, Click funnels. And yeah, they basically walk you through, okay, so here's how you figure out what, it, what the other guys are doing. And here's how you copy what the other guys are doing, right. Without breaking any copyright laws. Right? right. So you get, you get the banner and then you hand it off to a designer who can make you something similar or, you know, things like that. And, and that's exactly. the kind of thing that I'm sitting here thinking, oh, okay. So what you're telling me to do is somewhat the same thing. It's, Go find a, a lucrative niche, um, you know, basically Pretty rip much. it off and then copy what they're doing to market it.
2: Pretty much. I think, you know, it's very difficult to create a, like Hooked is a great example of an app that like created its own category in a way, but it's very difficult to create your own category, right? It's going to require a lot of funds, right. a lot of raising funds. So if you don't have that as an indie, you just want to create apps and make money off these apps. This is the process I would
1: take.
0: Yeah, but the other thing is, is for example, the Piccolo drinking game app. I don't. I don't drink, but so i just. But but it's kind of a party game. It's just a party right. game for people who are deliberately impairing themselves. Um, you know, they may get tired of those questions and then go find another app, which would be my app, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. so you know, the and this is the thing that I'm finding in the podcast space as well, right? As people ask about competitors, right? Well, what about your competitors? Well, until they're deleting my podcast in favor of another podcast, they're not really competitors. And when you're down to that point, it's what are they spending, you know, for for the app, right? What are they spending their time and money on that's not mine, right? Because I don't know many people that it's like all one game that they're spending an app purchases on and not the other two games that they're also kind of nursing along at the same time. That's so. right, man. One of my favorite communities in programming these days is the Angular community. Every time I go to an Angular conference or meet up with some of my friends who are in the Angular community, I have a great time. And a lot of them have wound up on Adventures in Angular. So if you're doing front-end development, you're looking for a way to keep current on the Angular ecosystem, and you want to have a good time listening to fun people talk about great topics related to Angular, then go check out Adventures in Angular. At adventuresinangular.com, I feel like I've monopolized a lot of this. Sujin, do you have more questions? Not, not right now. See, yeah. Sujin's taking notes, and then he's going to be rich. And he's going to t- <laughs> you know, uh,
1: actually, like so, like this talk brings up the lost uh, interest in my in me. So, so this app, the first app, security cards, it was an app made by five years ago, and and I made uh i made like uh let's say i made about 40 grand over the span of um two years three years and now it's really like uh dying because um it's really outdated and um and all 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 other um so so the the like the usage of my app is kind of uh, deteriorated because um things got better um but like i was really happy to make money off it as my, so it wasn't my main income. I was a student. So it was like my, um, my side side project, but like, yeah, but um, it's really all bringing back to me and I want to make another app to make some yeah, side cash. And it's all, it's all good.
2: Yeah. Nice. And that's the most fun, right? So you didn't like, that's, that's how I got started in this space. We, I just made apps, I was making around. What you were talking about too, so it was nothing like on the side. And then I was like, I want to turn this to a real thing. So I started a podcast, started interviewing people I loved, I really admired, and just got to learn. And now we execute and we run an agency. But essentially, that that's the that's the coolness of apps too. And you know, for me, like I'm trying to transition back into making apps now that the marketing agency is doing pretty well. And so trying to balance that out. But yeah, like there's, there's still a lot of opportunities because look, we just picked up, found this drinking game that is probably the silliest app that we could probably imagine that's making pretty good money. So the, the opportunity is still there. If you just, you just got to find it. You got to look for the right places.
0: Charles, what's yeah. next, man? Yeah. So uh, I guess the next thing to do on the, so you, you go in, you figure out what to do. You start building the app. You, um, you know, you get, your keyword setup up and your description and your title, are there other things that you need to be doing in order to um, gain traction on this?
2: No, I think there's just one of these, I'll, I'll give this campaign out to you because it's still very effective. And Sujin, you could probably run this right now if you wanted, just not gonna, you might not, well you could theoretically make a lot of money out of this too. So there's a campaign that I call a free promotional campaign. And essentially if you've got, the traditional way is what Sujin has. If you've got a paid app, you're gonna make it free for a couple of days. That's just it. Two days. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get pressed for it. Student, there's spots out there, like I said, but the way to do this is to actually approach a site like app advice. Okay. There's a site called app advice. They have an app in the app store called apps gone free. Essentially the app is very popular. They got millions of people downloading the app and using it. And what people scour the, that app for is the new app, like paid apps that they can get for free. Right. And so you can make your security guard. What I would do personally is make it $5 and then drop the price. So people will like rush into the app stores and then after the next couple of days, turn it back down, turn it back to $5. Well, you're typically going to see kind of what you saw with those ratings things too, is you're going to hack the top charts. Now the top charts aren't that visible anymore, but it still works where you're going to spike the top charts in the paid section. People are going to see it and then download your app. So one of our clients made a cool extra grand off of running this campaign, but he's got like a $12 app, so mind you with that. But we drove 33,000 downloads just running this campaign. So it's a great campaign if you're trying to just drive downloads and try to hack sales as well. The other campaign is if you're a free app, now subscription's a little bit more difficult, but if you're a free app and you have in-app purchases that are non-consumable, meaning, meaning like a remove ads, you buy it once and you get it forever. So it's not a consumable. I can't buy more gems. I can't, you know, like gems are consumable. Non-consumable would be a remove ads. Buy once, get it forever. So you can make that free, still get pressed for an app advice, tell them that it's an in-app purchase that's going free, and then still drive thousands of downloads that way. So it's a great little growth hack. You can do it for subscription-based apps. It's a little more tricky, but you just have to build the right features. The thing that I would recommend from a subscription-based app would be have a remove ads in-app purchase that's non-consumable and your premium plans all have, you know, no ads and all this other premium features. But even if you don't ever show ads, it's still effective to do, but have that. And that's what I'm planning to do as I'm building out my new subscription based app is have a, remove ads, non-consumable that I can run this campaign on. Because what we've typically seen is an increase in downloads and an increase in in-app purchase sales, definitely an increase in paid sales if you're a paid app and definitely an increase in subscribers. And so we're doing this for a client right now with the subscription-based app that we've just helped optimize its pricing page. And we're going to see the results of the increase. We should get a few thousand downloads, no problem, but I want to see what the what the difference in conversions, how many people end up paying, how many people end up being subscribers too. But one of my favorite campaigns, no money, no marketing money needed. You can run it and you can run it every other month, essentially. And that's moving the price up and down. That's just not moving the price up and down. It's it's literally giving the app away for free. Or if you have an in-app purchase, giving that away for free. And you only find that we've, we found in the past is that only about 11%, if it's an in-app purchase, actually take advantage of it. 11% of the downloads take advantage of it. Obviously, if it's a paid app that's going free, like Sujin's app, they're all free, right? Like there's nothing you can do. But the, the good news is after you go back to being paid, you actually make a lot more money than your typical base. So you can make a good amount of money running that campaign. But you need a huge surge of downloads. And that's what this, by getting pressed for it on app advice, you get this huge surge of downloads.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was uh, noodling around while you were talking and I, I found another one that makes a million dollars a month. Yeah, what's it called? <laughs> it's called Homer Reading, Learn to Read. That's for yeah, little kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that one. That one's a pretty big
2: one. But there's this yeah. fasting app that I just found, and I just found it because I was looking for fasting apps, intermittent fasting, but it's making about a hundred grand a month. And it's pretty simple. Like anybody can create it. It's really just a timer. There's some bait, you know, there's some cool little like content features in there but for the most part it's a nice little timer and i, I really like their pricing page but yeah that app is making a cool hundred yeah. grand a month
0: yeah and, and, and also subscription this,
2: yep subscription
0: yeah and that that sounds a whole lot easier than trying to come up with content to teach teach kids letters and words right totally so totally.
2: yeah a lot of these intermittent fasting i'm in the health category now of yeah center our app annie and i'm looking at all the ones
0: yeah, it seems to me too that um, at least for me, um, I probably want to pick something that I'm interested in. You know, I mean, it's it's nice to think, oh, I'm going to make money, but totally. You know, at the same time, you know, doing something, yeah, like intermittent fasting, yeah, that that gets my that gets my ball rolling a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, because I'm I'm into the the low carb intermittent fasting kind of health thing, and so yeah, that that makes a lot of sense.
2: What are you doing? Are you doing, I tried, I'm trying 18.6 right now. I've done 16.8 for the last two years or so. I'm like, I'm going to bump it up. 18 hours of fasting is
0: pretty darn hard, I found. I usually just, when I feel like fasting, I fast. Nice, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I probably ought to do a little bit more regimented because I think I'd benefit from it. But I've got a bunch of friends too that uh, do podcasts and stuff in the keto space. So Sweet. Anybody in the vegan space? No, I, not that I know of. Been wanting but, to do a uh, vegan-related podcast. I don't always. know.
2: <laughs> but,
0: but yeah. The the other thing is, though, is that I might be able to, um, you know, looking at this, dive into, like, technology or education and hit something that's close to what I'm doing here in, at devchat.tv, right? So Yeah, yeah, And I could, I could have essentially validated backwards, right? So, okay, I've got a couple of ideas. Can I find anything like it? And then go look in Sensor Tower and see how much they're making.
2: Yeah, totally. And that's the best way of doing it, right? Like you got these crazy ideas. Is there something similar, somebody doing something similar, then how much are they making? And if there's a market for it, build it. But I think too many times we go out and be like, this is a great idea. And then we start building it and then it's like, there's no, maybe there's a market for it or maybe the people aren't monetizing at all from it. And that's, that's the crappy part. All
1: right. And Steve, I want to know uh, what's your thought on, um, on like design, the UI, because um, actually my app was not, not a unique app. So uh, there was already market. And I, so as a side project, I uh, wanted to just um, like copy. So to, to learn my development skills. So it was my first app. So I just decided to copy one of the, app that I've uh, used a lot. So I made so I uh, started by copying. And then but, but one of the things that I that I personally uh, observed as one of the that I wanted to pursue was a better design. So all the apps that there were out there at the time had had like, a, like old design, like old UI, but I wanted to uh, have better design and more over like iOS sleek design stuff. So is that is that like a valid point? Because um as iOS user, I one of the things I really uh care about when I download app is also design. So is that like a wise why is that a popular um concept or what do you think?
2: Yeah. I'm a big believer in design too. I think with Apple, if you're trying to get featured by Apple, most people want that feature. That's what they're gonna look at is design. I think the 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 way i would say this is yes it's important but i have seen apps that have really shitty designs making really good money like one of my friends it's got eighty thousand dollars that he makes a month off a subscription and i don't think the app is very well designed and so i think what i would say is yes equally important because it's gonna only help your conversion rates But like, even if you have a, I think a good product where there's good product market fit, maybe a good amount of downloads, he started earlier, right? Like he started way back in the day. So his app's been around for a long time. But I think these days, yes, definitely look at designs. It's going to really help out too.
0: Yeah, one thing that I'm wondering about with a lot of this stuff though, you know, where you're looking at an app and then you manage to, you know, get something in the app store, you're competing on keywords and things like that. I mean, how much work is it to overtake somebody or at least, you know, cut into their market share enough to really make a dent.
2: It's not as hard as you think. I wouldn't try to think about like, how do I outrank them? But are there other keywords that they're ignoring that I can go after? Right. Right? Because I do think that people think that you need thousands of downloads a month. But I think with a few hundred downloads, you're able to really build some good revenue. I've got a client who's doing that. Yes, he's spending money on paid marketing now, but he built it up to enough where that's been his, his whole portfolio is all pretty much clones of very popular top grossing apps
0: out there. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, one other thing that I'm wondering about is, as we look at these apps, um, is there a a revenue range that you like to see these in before you go after them? I think anything above 50,000. So like, I mean,
2: excuse me. 80,000 means they're probably making about a million a year, right? So Uh I think 50 is good enough, but you, you kind of want to be the mill a year. So, but around the 80,000 mark and definitely above a hundred thousand, you're in the ball game. And if you found different apps that are doing like these intermittent fasting apps, if you found a couple that are making a hundred plus, you know, there's a huge market there.
0: Oh yeah. Well, the other thing is, is a lot of apps, if, if they're free to kind of try out, yeah, people will download a bunch of them, give them a shot, and then pick the one they like. Yeah, I just see this one, Body Fast, Intermittent Fasting,
2: 500,000. The fastic one, which I enjoy from a. So, this is a great example, Stu Jim, what you said, right? There's, a fat, there's two fasting apps. One is called Simple. I think they're making about a million a month. Let me just double check, uh, 200K a month. And I downloaded that one. And then there's this Fastic app that is another fasting app that is making about 100000 a month. And there's this other one that's making 500000 a month called BodyFast. Again, I think Fastic has probably the best designs and best UI out of all of this. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But it doesn't mean that they're winning from a revenue standpoint. So, yes, it's important. But I wouldn't put it like super high. Like as long as you fill a need and then you're, you're hacking different things, you have the right conversion, you have the right growth channel you're
0: going to be fine. Well, and uh, I wouldn't be disappointed at making <laughs> what the second place or third place
2: person's exactly. making it, right? I mean, yeah. you, don't even have to, you could be the top 10. You can be 10th place and still be making pretty decent money. Now, this is for like indie guys like us, right? Like we don't need a whole lot. Yeah. We're not trying to go yeah. for the hundreds of thousands. We want to obviously get there eventually, but yeah, that's enough.
1: Yeah, we, because we don't have to pay, pay for the whole team, right? We just yep. have to pay for ourselves. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And maybe some,
1: it's perfect.
2: Yeah. We might have to pay for ourselves. We might have to pay for some of the marking, but that's it. That's it. So we yep. don't need much.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm just kind of curious as far as some of this goes, but uh, you mentioned the intermittent fasting, but how did you actually find that one in here? So oh, did you yeah. just search for fasting or did you click on health and fitness? No, and I, I actually
2: there? went into health and fitness on app Annie and I just found a few intermittent fasting ones as I was scrolling up and down.
0: I was oh, like, oh, okay. zero,
2: cool. Wow, they hit top grossing quick. They just turned on. Zero is my favorite app for using this, and they just turned on subscriptions right now. Right. So I, wonder if, I don't even think Central Tower has data, but this is how I did it. And I was like, oh, this is one, this is one. Oh, I've never heard of that one. That's one. Okay, you so look you at just kind of trial like and too.
0: error your way into something that is making money that you think is easy enough to...
2: Yeah. And look, I'm seeing a ton besides like all the workout ones that I don't want to compete with. I see a ton of these fasting, zero, fa- simple fasting, zero fasting. If I scroll up a little bit more. I think I saw the other fasting. I'm just seeing so many fasting ones in there that I'm like, I'm even motivated. I'm like, I should maybe, I mean, I do, I use it. I'm a user. I would, I would love this. And so I'm like, oh, like body fast right here. So I think this chart is more on like a given X amount of Revenue because BodyFast is according to a sense making the most money out of all the fasting apps, but it's ranked uh-huh. lower than the other two that I just mentioned. So you know, there's a lot of sleep apps out there, a lot of diet fitness apps. And then you could go up to top 200, I think. let me just double check. Yeah, top 500. So you can go even further and see what other apps out there. Once themes start developing, then you can start getting a sense of, hmm, this is an interesting app. I can make this. Fasting app is super easy to make.:
0: Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, again, sidetrack.
2: We're all on App Annie right
0: now. Like, oh. I know, right? We're all looking, <laughs> we're all looking for the next moneymaker. Are you building applications with Vue.js? Then you need to check out the Views on Vue podcast. Every week, we bring in a guest panelist from the Vue community and talk about the interesting things being built with Vue or the changes coming in its ecosystem. You can find it all at viewsonvue.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really liking this approach. So is there anything else that you would recommend that we do, um, you know, going into this to, you know, now that we've kind of got ideas around how we, uh, you know, approach this. And
2: honestly, you know, I've
0: got the idea. I build it up. I put it in the app store. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how important are like the, the app images and things like that and the icon and all Super, that stuff.
2: Okay. That's a great question, Charles. So like one of the things that I always harp on is have social proof within your screenshots. So, have really good benefit-oriented things in the screenshots, uh-huh. right? So, not just be like, track your fasting. No, be like, be committed to your fasting or stick with your fasting journey, right? Like, that's a benefit. Like, oh, maybe you, you're talking to the people who start fasting but don't fast anymore or maybe they go on and off. So, instead of saying track your fasting intervals, be like, stay committed to your fasting intervals because who doesn't right. want them, right? Get help in losing weight. That's a great one, too. And then for me, I like just to track, like know how long you've been fasting and how you're feeling after a fast and what type of foods adjust your mood after a fast. These are all benefits to an app rather that it's pretty much the same, all these fasting apps. You're tracking. I want to just see the data of like the seven day average. And I just like that after I press a button, I'm more likely to stop eating than just being like, okay, I'll stop right now. No, but I pressed it in the app. It's already starting to count down. Why even? eat just to break that fast so right the that's what i would do and with social proof the things that i would add are like you know if you have quotes so even if it's like the rock you know he does the 16 and 8 you would be like you can grab a you can borrow his quote because he's talking about intermittent fasting right yes you're not saying he uses your app you're saying the rock loves intermittent fasting too that's how you borrow social proof if you don't already have it for our other clients that already have social proof, if you look on our website, they talk about all the big clients they have that they use their mm-hmm. app, but unfortunately they don't have those in the screenshot. So make sure people know that you have all these big clients on your, the logos and we doubled their downloads, changing nothing else but their screenshots by just doing that. We added, now first, one thing, their screenshots from before were really ugly, and then, but we added the social proof element to it and we doubled their downloads not changing any keywords whatsoever.
0: Wow. So all it was, was people. So people were checking it out. You just gave them another reason to click and it increased their throughput. Exactly. People are definitely checking it out on iOS. The screenshots, the first three
2: show up if it's all vertical, they show up in the yeah. search results. So you want to catch them in those search results that are more likely to get them to want to download your app. I found another fasting app, making a hundred thousand window. See man. I'm very. Like, I know. I'm i need like. To write I gotta, one of those. I know. I'm like. I'm with you, dude. I'm like. I got to do this, and I could talk about this forever too. All right, I'm gonna download this window app. Check out what they're doing really well.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's true too. Because you could just pick the, the category, right? So I could do like calorie counters or whatever. Yeah, that's another and one. And then, yeah, and then basically, yeah, go go see what's in it and and hit it.
2: Yep. Fast habit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, geez, Luis, didn't
2: know these were so popular. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. The other, the other thing is though, is like some of these I'm looking at and I'm thinking, okay, like my pal or whatever, they, they've got like huge databases, right. That, mm-hmm. that make it easy to do the calorie counting or the calorie tracking. And so you'd kind of have to build that up as you go. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you make it easier on people than my fitness pal, they may, some people will ignore the shortfalls, right? Yeah. As far as the data goes, cause the UI is better. That's a point that Sujin made earlier. Um, but the other thing is, is I also see like all trails cause I'm just looking at health and fitness. Yeah. Um, which is hike, bike and run. And it mm-hmm. basically tells you where all the trailheads are, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be shocked if that's all in like some public database for like all the national parks and state parks and things like that. And so you may be able to get a good start on that stuff without really having to do any other work. You just have to imp- import the data. So mm-hmm. I love yeah, that app too. Yep. I love hiking. Yep. So. Good deal. Was well, there anything else that we should know about to, to promote this? I mean, are there things outside the app store that help in the app store? Um, no,
2: I mean, one thing you should know, PR isn't always valuable. I know people always think PR when they're thinking launch, Hey, let me get some press. It's not that valuable. I mean, I think the most valuable PR that you can get is probably the most niche area like legendary, you know, that app, it doesn't make sense to be on like all board games, but maybe even a community where they're just talking about the game, that's going to be right. valuable. So, the more niche that you can get with your PR, the better. A lot of people come to us because they're in their tech space, they want to get on TechCrunch. And I'm like, look, if you want to get on TechCrunch, that's great. One, you got to have a compelling story. Two, if you're looking for downloads, it's probably not going to give you the amount of downloads that you think it's going to give you. Right. And like, and great. that's what
0: counts, right? Is yeah. The downloads and reviews.
2: Yes, that's probably what you're looking for and you think PR is going to be a good outlet for it, but it's really not. So that's one thing to just stay away from. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it, especially if you're a t- first-time developer, especially if you've gone this route, kind of looking for apps in the app store and doing what we just taught you to do. Not necessary. Don't even worry about PR. Study the app market. Go do the ASO like we just talked about, use an ASO tool like App Radar, and then just go out there and just pound away and I think the last thing I would say is, look, a lot of people celebrate the the small wins a lot of times you know I, I suffer from this, so this is a, I keep telling myself this, this is much more of an advice to me myself too, but celebrate those small wins. So when you get that first subscriber, celebrate it you know when you get that tenth one, celebrate it yes you 're not in the ultimate goal yet, but you have to celebrate these small wins because. Like Sujan you knows, like when I forgot that first few dollars, like that first $100 in the app store, like, I'm like, holy shiznit, isn't it? That's so, felt so great. And so I would try to celebrate those wins because you're going to try to build on top of each other and just get really focused on the numbers. How many subscribers can I change X, Y, and Z on the pricing page and double? It's like, we pretty much increase conversion, like revenue per download by 50% for one of our clients. We didn't do anything the growth was pretty growth was actually on the decline, but the, what we did was we just optimized his pricing page. So are there things on the pricing page that you can start optimizing borrow from the Russell Brunson's of the world? What are they doing on their pricing page? They're making millions of dollars selling SaaS products, selling online Mm -hmm. digital courses. You're giving real value through an app that you might not get through a course, right? Like that's just watching videos. That's easy content, right? For us to create. So Think about like borrow from there and like testimonials, social proof, the benefits, really long pricing pages. That's what I'm starting to think about too as I think about app pricing pages. Hmm, maybe I should borrow from Russell and start putting really yeah. long pricing pages together. And you can see certain apps like Fastick, I just point to, have really long pricing pages now that incorporate some of the things, elements that we see on a ClickFunnels page.
0: Makes sense. You
1: know, I- I, I still like remember that first day I launched the app. I like ran around the internet, like letting people know. And then at the end of the day, I saw the, I I went to the app store connect and saw the result and I got like 150 downloads. Right. And I was, it was so unreal. So I still can feel the feeling that 150 downloads. What the heck, how, how did so many people download and How did I make like money off? My coding and it was really like, it was really a memorable moment. So, so, so like when I go around like, uh, mentoring, like other developers, I, I, I really suggest them to like make something and get it out there and, and better if it's paid because it's really amazing feeling that people pay for what you make and especially when you just started learning code, like learning to code, it's really like. Amazing, amazing feeling. Yeah, totally. people pay pay you for what you spend hours on your MacBook. I, I just I am like making app is so fun. So I made it but people actually people pay. So it's really crazy. I, I really like I really, um, or you say urge people to like, make paid apps, even if you don't make hundreds like hundreds of yeah, dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's still a good experience. Yep. and on top, and with that, if if uh, you're if you're able to like find find more lucrative niche, then better.
0: Awesome. Well, anything else we should jump on here before we?
2: Uh... Then we covered a lot.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Go to right. the iTunes comments because it's on the podcast, right, Charles? Yes. Go into the iTunes comments. Say Steve was the best guest that Charles has ever had on. Start <laughs> in there. All right? And then Charles had me back on.
0: That's right. All right, good stuff. That was helpful. Yep. Yeah, of course, now I'm going to disappear and then I'll be a millionaire in a, a month or two. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some uh, some picks. Sujin, do you have some picks for us?
1: Uh, can you give me some time to think?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to... Uh do some quick shout-outs uh myself. Um I think I talked about the Russell Brunson stuff last week. Um honestly the thing that's really been nice, besides uh, I, I need to let everybody know ios uh remote conf, iosremoteconf.com. So go check that out. It's three days, it's all online, right? So uh you're not gonna get sick if you come uh, and you don't have to travel. <laughs> so we saved you the hotel and airfare. Uh so just buy a ticket. Uh tickets are $75. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you there. Um, and then the other pick I have is I've been doing just a lot of work around the house. Um, I actually wound up doing a bunch of work around my mom's house, even though I didn't really have time to do it, fixing her sprinklers. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a throwback to high school. That's what I did in high school. Earn money as I work, fix sprinklers. Um, but, uh, anyway, just being outside has been super nice. Um, you know, we had a hot dog roast yesterday for Memorial day here in the U S and yeah, it was just nice. It was nice to be outside be around, uh, my brothers and sisters, which, uh, in my case is quite the crowd, uh, us and all of our kids, but, uh, yeah. So just, just get outside, go, go do something together with other people. I know that the whole COVID thing and social distancing, but you know, if it's people that you're around anyway, then just, just get out and go go be around them. Um, and when I say it's a crowd, I have nine brothers and sisters. So, Wow. Um, yeah. So there there really were a lot of us, a lot of kids. But we, we had a good time and it was a lot of fun. So, awesome. um, yeah, I'm going to shout out about just getting outside and being around other people. I also think that a lot of the social distancing stuff, I worry about the people that – I mean, I'm mostly an introvert, but I still need some. And so – You know, I just worry about people being, being alone. And if that doesn't get you to a healthy headspace, then figure something out, please. Um, But yeah, that's what I got. Sujin, do you have some picks?
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, actually I've been doing um, some indoor exercise because um, like, just like a few weeks ago, I hit, I came to a point where I need to exercise because I've been indoors all, like all months. So I found this a really nice um, indoor, a noise-free exercise that has a lot of that makes you burn a lot of calories. It's called mm-hmm. slow burpee. Uh, so it's a burpee. Is a some of you may know like burpee test is a really um, really hard exercise, but slow burpee is like a more mild version. But just 10 minutes and you're sweating like hell. So I, I really recommend that slow burpee. Um, exercise you can find it on youtube there's um so i, I do it like uh, 100 every day so it i think it's really um it's really helpful
2: that's legit man 100 slow burpees a day
0: yeah wow my my body hurts just thinking about it <laughs> that's crazy man i'll stay on your good side and then you won't hurt me uh steve what are your picks Oh, Let's see. I would say
2: if you're looking to maybe get in better shape, you know, I think quarantining time is a great way of doing it. I would say, think about intermittent fasting, Thinking to the theme of this. You know, I started off really easy with 16, eight, where you just stop eating at eight start eating again the next day at 12. So you're like skipping breakfast. You can have black coffee. I'm not super strict on it. I'll sometimes have a latte, but I try to stick to the black coffee, have a black coffee. It's done wonders. I didn't change my diet at all. And I think I lost like 10 pounds just right off the bat, just doing that. And I didn't change my diet. I was still working out every day, but I didn't change anything. I still ate like a, <laughs> like I usually eat. So definitely think about intermittent fasting, trying to incorporate that. I think it's helped me wonders. And like just said, just get out there, man, do some physical activity and continue to be positive in this crazy times and connect, do some zoom calls, connect with people that you really admire. Thanks for having me on, Charles. No no. Yeah, thanks for
0: coming. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for coming, Steve. This was bet, really man. fun. All right. Um, well until next time, folks. Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.